0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Legend of Korra Retrospectives here on the Waffle Press Podcast. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is my co-host, Mac Aringo. Hey! We're here talking about the last four episodes of Book 2, Spirits, Legend of Korra, Night of a Thousand Stars, Harmonic Convergence, Darkness Falls, and light in the dark. I was reading at the titles and I was like, Chapter thirteen, Darkness Falls? No, 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 just the just the last two. Um so these are right. these are some big episodes, Matt.
1: Yes, they are. Now, what off topic tangent am I most likely to go on for these four episodes? <laughs> it depends what you've seen recently. I yes, think. it does. It depends on what I want to talk about, as of that has nothing to do with Legend of Korra.
0: Have you seen Judas and the Black Messiah?
1: I have not. I I actually deliberately put that off. <laughs> okay. I'd want to talk about it.
0: Oh, okay, good, <laughs> cuz I want to talk about it. But I I, I will hold back um but it's good. <laughs> it's good.
1: I've heard I've heard good things. Yeah. I uh, have but... in the margins of my notes David Lynch.
0: Why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we will find out.
0: <sighs> All right. Night of a thousand stars. Uh in prison. Uh, let's see. Let's, let's, let's do a little bit of catch up. Um, Genora her, she's in like a coma like state because her, her
1: spirit is trapped in the spirit realm.
0: Yeah. It's very complicated
1: and... science.
0: hmm. And Varric is going to make a move against the president at the premiere of his motion picture propaganda film that stars oh, yes. Bolin. It's all good and fun here. We have fun here. It's
1: yeah it's uh it's (laughs) this is a weird episode it it is
0: a little weird it it's almost like it's pretty messy i think um but like it's in a fun way like it's not like unintentionally messy it's just like when you're trying to like balance all this stuff and like the season structure almost has to be kind of inherently messy because of all like the avenues you have to hit <laughs> when you're dealing with, like, the fate of the world, you know? Yes. Like, it's, it's just a lot to deal with, and I think the episode handles it well, but it is just like, wow, there's three episodes left, and we still need to deal with, like, the fate of the known universe.
1: And, and Korra doesn't show up in this episode until, like, the very end, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, like, a basically Korra-absent episode. Um, but it gets fascinating where it turns out Maybe the what is it Nucktuck? Is that the character? Yeah,
0: Nucktuck, <laughs> hero of the South.
1: Nucktuck, hero of the South, might be the most fascinating element of this of this season, <laughs> <laughs> because like the whole show, it's it's overtly a propaganda film, right? Mm-hmm. So it, like, there's no like they never even attempt to hide the fact that it's a propaganda film. There's no, there's no, like, oh, you're supposed to realize it halfway through. It's not Starship Troopers <laughs> where it's played completely straight and then you, you kind of go, like, oh, you know, that was done in the style of propaganda films. It's 100% a propaganda movie. We're told so. Then we're revealed that the guy making the propaganda film is an industrialist who wants to profit off a war. <laughs> so he's deliberately making a propaganda film to fuel a war that's happening or to make a war happen, basically. And then it also works as, like, this commentary on the show itself. <laughs> I keep talking about, and then this it's this weird thing where in the end it keeps doing this thing of, like, the the fiction versus the reality where, like, Bo Lin keeps trying to be like his on-screen character, but it, it doesn't really work at all. <laughs> and isn't reflective, and, like, our heroes actually try to, like, progress the plot, and, like, they run into, like, red tape, or they run into very realistic problems, and, but then this one ends with Bolin becomes the hero and gets the girl and saves the day, just like his character. <laughs> but he
0: he's only can do that by deciding not to try to be nuk you know, when he realizes he has to, like, accept himself, you know? Yeah.
1: It's like the whole fucking season. it's, it's this that's the whole message.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really is. and I think that's why this season's so good and why you have to do it early on in the series run, you know it's, it's like it would have been weird if this was like the setup for the final season, you know like you need to kind of get this almost out of the way so the characters can eventually grow into their own singular identities as the show goes on. Yeah. And I it, I thought it was tons of fun, you know? Like, that, that image well, <laughs> of Bolin in front of the screen with Nuctuck in the background, like, that's the hero shot. Like, that's really fun, you know?
1: Well, it's, it's a little weird where it's like, propaganda films are manipulative and simplistic, right? That's the point it makes for most of the season. <laughs> but then it goes in like, yeah, but propaganda films can also kind of be right sometimes. <laughs> Which is a very odd point. I, I don't
0: know me. if it's saying that, it's just, because it, Bolin is, sep- he's not Nuk-Tuk, you know? He's separate from Yeah, I know, but, that.
1: but he becomes the, he still becomes the hero in the end of it. And he gets the girl. And it's, I'm trying, like, this is when I wish I was fucking smarter than I am, because I'm, I'm not. It's this fascinating thing of drawing attention to, like, the language of propaganda in film, you know? Like, it draws attention to it, so it makes you think of that whenever you watch this show, you know? I don't know, it just adds a whole layer to it, to me. And again, I wish I was smarter at articulating it than I, I currently am. <laughs> Let
0: me see what you want to jump to. Uh, oh, you
1: just you just want to jump away, leave me hanging? With my no, 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 like, I, I don't cause... Know how to end. No, no,
0: no, because I... I... I don't know, you made a good point too, but I'm not that smart either, and so I don't know where, to, where else to take that point. But, Aren't you
1: in college right now? You should be smarter than me. <laughs> you, you think. You, you think that would make me smarter. i a semester of community college under my belt. <laughs> That's fucking it. <laughs> and I took I, I took one course on film, it was short film studies, and the guy only showed us showed us softcore pornography. Oh, wow. That, that was the entire class. We watched soft core pornography.
0: No, now see if this was a Shane Black written episode, it would have been pornography that was showing behind Bolin and his hero shot.
1: Maybe because
0: that happens in in the Nice Guys, I think.
1: I mean, that's kind of what the Nice Guys is too. Nice guys, yeah. there's a lot of lot of parallels.
0: Yeah, that that movie doesn't get credit for like what it's actually tackling, but we don't have time yeah. to get into all of that. Um, uh, but no. Um, uh, Bolin gets to be the hero, and ironically, he's also the one that was, like, buddy-buddy oh. with with Varric. And...
1: Yes, also, we gotta point out that it, when this fucking, whatever, I guess it's meta, I'm probably using the word meta wrong. No, whatever I, I think this
0: whole season's meta, in a way.
1: W- yeah, whatever meta point is trying to be made here, I guess, we also get the narrator of the show showing up in person, <laughs> and he provides diegetic narration. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so this episode is about being about the legend of Korra.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So what you're saying is this is one of the most interesting episodes in all of Avatar history.
1: Yeah, it's somehow like, it's, it just, it, it, I don't know. I I, I think just the Nuctive thing like like, it, it's like telling you how to watch the show, you know? <laughs> like, it's trying to be like, I think it's, I really think it's partly the creators just being like, here's how to watch Legend of Korra, and how you watch Legend of Korra is not how you watched Avatar The Last Airbender. But it also kind of goes like, you know, even though this isn't Avatar The Last Airbender, there are still heroic moments, and there are, there's still right and wrong and good and evil. You know?
0: <laughs> mm. it's, the, the lines are just getting a little blurred for, for stuff like that, you know? And yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's more complicated. The world's more complicated now.
1: Well, we live in a world where God is dead, so there's no morality, there's no rules, but it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, sometimes the good thing is still the good thing. <laughs> like There isn't anything inherent to it, there isn't a uh, divine plan, there isn't sin, so like you're not going to be punished, you know, except by like, you know, a jury of your peers, you're not going to be punished by... Uh, any sort of divine intervention. But that doesn't mean that there aren't good and bad things. Yeah,
0: I think it still has, like... Because the rest of the season's kind of about, like, the definitive good and evil battle. You know, this is kind yeah. of getting the, the complicatedness of the real world out of the way, almost, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, when you're starting to deal with, like, war profiteering, like, that isn't objective evil, but it is... it is it. It tends to get more complicated when you're dealing with, like, the fallout from it, you know?
1: Well, I think with, like, the Rava and Vatu stuff, I think it's more that there isn't an absolute in terms of the Avatar, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: the Avatar, their their goal is to, you know, provide balance, whatever, whatever you want to talk about. But that that's not a guaranteed thing that maybe... Avatar The Last Airbender established, where, like, good will ultimately triumph over evil. I think this is more just like, look, the bad guys can win sometimes. (laughs) And also, it's just not, there's not an obvious winner or loser sometimes. That there, yes, there are good and evil forces, but there isn't any sort of divine action that separates the two.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's saying a lot, where literally, like, one of the characters will descend like an angel from the heavens, during the climax of this season. Oh
0: yeah, like, there's a lot to talk about uh, in those last <laughs> couple ones, but um, you know, th- I think this is a great episode. Now, I do think it's still messy, but like it in a way that lends itself to like deeper readings. You know what I mean? It's kind of like I don't I don't even know if I have like a comparison. I think the Verhoeven thing was pretty accurate. I was gonna say like I don't know, like I think Black Hat is like a messy film but it's also about like you know uh, our relationship to technology and how little control we have over our own lives you know but it's also like you know the script's probably not the tightest it could be and stuff like that but i get a lot out of that that picture you know i
1: don't i got to say the director's cut of black hat is like solid
0: I, I might prefer the theatrical, but I, I gotta rewatch Are both, at, I guess. you out of your mind? Yeah. Well, you know what? No, the sound is better in, in the director's cut. The, the theatrical I mean, yeah, cut but, has moments where I'm like, oof.
1: But in terms of the... the uh whatever. Yeah. No, that that's a
0: whole other conversation.
1: <laughs> yeah. The opening to the director's cut of Black Hat is, like, the greatest thing ever. Whereas the theatrical cut, like, totally fucks it up. And it fucks up the whole movie. So.
0: No. No, it's still good, but...
1: I'm just saying, it, it put, it, the opening of that fucking... We're not here to talk about Black Hat. <laughs> Sorry. I was about to go on my own Black yeah, Hat. See, thing, look, but... your
0: Verhoeven point was much clearer. Um, Only his stuff tends to be significantly less messy. There you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Varric gets captured. But he's also like a lovable war profiteer, you know? Like, he's like a Disney
1: character, like we said yeah, last time. He's... He's a person that's never existed. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. This is so. This is one of those a, times where you have to look at art and be like, look, you're not going to get all the answers to life from watching this show. This could never happen. But because it's a work of fiction, it's a little fun to watch and be like, no, look, I still like you guys.
1: Just because be I tried to kill you it doesn't mean I didn't
0: like you, you know?
1: Maybe the definition of don't hate the player, hate the game. Kinda, yeah, yeah, it's like don't hate the don't hate the capitalist, hate capitalism, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, kinda kind of I'm um, not sure if I totally agree with that, but hey, he's a funny guy, yeah, uh, i mean
0: i I like his character a lot, um, I
1: did write down his one line where he said, <laughs> and they're like, you tried to kidnap the president, he said, I wasn't gonna hurt him, I just needed him to start a war. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Where he's like, and Bolin, who made you a movie star? Oh, okay, Korra, yada, yada, who uh, warned you about Unalock? And then when they get to, to Mako or whatever, it's like, oh yeah, I did do bad. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. I did fuck up there, but whatever. He doesn't care.
1: Speaking of Mako, this episode has some classic Mako sucks energy.
0: <laughs> I believe I texted you and said he's the ultimate fail son.
1: Yeah, he might be. I mean, uh, to me, it was more just one. So when he's in prison in the beginning, Bolin comes to see him. Bolin's kind of being an idiot because Bolin is an idiot. I mean, (laughs) he's a good-hearted dope. But uh, Bolin's there, and he's like, look, Asami didn't come because she's kind of broken up. And, of course, Mako makes it about him. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the very end, he does... Is this the worst thing Mako does? (laughs) where Cora shows up and she's like I'm back and shit's happening and she runs up and kisses Mako, and she's like hey um I he's like hey don't you remember we had a fight and she's like no I lost my memory and it's like was it a bad fight and Mako's like nah no. <laughs> and Asami is like right there <laughs> Asami's like looking fucking right at him and like, just, and they just they, they did some good animation on Asami, which is just her, like, seeing that Mako is just a fucking paper person. And <laughs> just, like, like, it's like, nah, you know, everything's fine. <laughs> and so now he's back with Korra.
0: But they do that great he... shot of everyone in the room. Like, even, like, the supporting police cast members are like, uh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Everyone's like, because everyone saw that fight, you dope. Like, <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's pretty bad.
1: <laughs> that's pretty bad. Only because, again, just because Mako ran into some interference with Asami again, you know? hmm There was no reason for Asami to take him back. <laughs> that fucking dope, she had every right to tell him to fuck off, and she came back to him, <laughs> and he still fucked it up.
0: Yeah, that's amazing! <laughs> like, yeah, he's, he's, wow. He,
1: he can't. He can't help. But he's hitting like every rake. Just, Ugh, oh, Mako. <laughs> Again, I. I, I just want to make it clear. I love Mako for being so terrible. Like, <laughs> because it's hysterical, and you can just count on him to do it every time. <laughs> At least in this season. I can't really remember if he actually gets better in seasons three and four.
0: Well, we'll see. I, we'll see. But you totally uh, won me over to the Mako fan club.
1: Yeah, I assume he gets better, but it's also kind of sad where it's like, I only kind of remember what Mako did in season one and two because he sucked so much.
0: Cora's father is also defeated by her uncle in the South Pole. And uh, mm-hmm. Varric agrees to give the crew like his personal battleship so they can sneak into the South Pole and stop unalak oh, yeah, before has, harmonic convergence and all that shit. He has
1: his own battleship.
0: <laughs> yeah, cuz of course he does.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course he does. Also, if I if I can give a criticism of this episode, um the the, the cutting back to uh Coras father, uh I understand why that plot point needed to happen. I think we maybe didn't even need to see it, you know? Mhm. Um uh, just because when they cut back to it, it's literally like they're like well, no reinforcements arrived, and it's just them, like, all standing on a hill. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, well, I guess we've got to attack anyway. And, like, you kind of wish there was, like, maybe more... Like, if, if you're going to set up this plot point of, like, they tried to attack and failed, you should maybe make it come across a little more than, like, they just kind of ran down a hill. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Like, I, I think it would have been cooler to, like, have them return and then be like, oh, like, your, your father was captured. And it's like, yeah, we, we didn't see that, because... No, like perspective characters are there, you know.
1: Either don't see it, or like give us something that would make it seem reasonable that they could still do it without reinforcements, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like oh, if we if we capture the water filtration plant, I don't know. Like, <laughs> if <laughs> they get like this one vital. water
0: filtration, they're water vendors.
1: <laughs> I know. Hey, <laughs> you still got any water filtration? Do you realize how much shit goes into the ocean? Yeah, but, yeah, I, I guess, but. <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, you need, like, a, like, you know, or the chemical plant. Like, some fucking building that's, like, right in the center of town. It's like, well, if we chemical, get that... Unaluk is, is, like, a right? an and
0: eco-terrorist. Why Do does he have you a chemical in Batman, plant?
1: You remember when Batman Begins, when they have the subway train fight?
0: Oh, yes.
1: And, and they keep cutting back to those guys in the one building, and they're like, if that train reaches the center of the city, that poison's gonna spread everywhere. Like... <laughs> Like, if it just makes it to the one point and it's all over, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Something the movie Tenant really could have used, but (laughs) uh, it's just, you need something like that where it's like, if you control, like, this one building, you control the the whole place, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You know? You just, you need, like, a, a, even if it's, like, something really stupid and doesn't make any sense, you just need to tell the audience, if we control that building, everything's good. And instead, they just kind of run down a hill.
0: (laughs) Ah, That must be, like, a waterbender thing. Because I brought it up way back in the last Airbender episode, the swamp episode, where Katara charges at what they think is the swamp monster but is actually swamp benders. And she just, like, Katara, like, a a very capable fighter and character, just kind of hops back and forth and then gets, like, swiped to the side. And it's, like... (laughs) That's got to be a Water Tribe thing, then.
1: Yeah, but we have to remember that Korra is also... I mean, not Korra. um, Katara was also a child.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And these are adults. These are grown adults.
1: Yeah, not a grown man who was also a leader of his people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that... You know what? This explains a lot about why they didn't get along.
1: His big plan was to run run down a hill.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no. You know what? Look... No disrespect, but the Southern Water Tribe maybe, maybe cutting them off from the Northern Water Tribe didn't do a lot for their intelligence.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, what do you ever do?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, Unalak again, clearly it? got stuff on lock, you know.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, again, I think the the, the fumbling that they do kind of in the beginning is that they kind of needed to make Unalak maybe have a point about their like how out of touch the Southern Water Tribe is, you know. Mm -hmm. where there was like a good way to do that where like you could see like look he's just trying to help he's not trying to and then when that turn comes and he's like all right no i'm actually taking over yeah or even then like you could maybe like make a point where it's like look i'm just trying to keep peace if we let the shit run wild it would be chaos like yeah we had to string him along as uh a plausibly good person for a little bit. Instead, he's just this world is imperfect. Yeah. From, <laughs> like, the get-go. Yeah. Is, like, that's, like, the, the one, like, big flaw I think I have with this season. Whereas, like, what's what's cool is with getting towards the end is that everything really does kind of come together. So it feels a lot better. But it's also, like, just the Unalak stuff could have been so much better in the start.
0: Yeah, Yeah. And I think we talked about it again, but I do really think, like, that was totally, like, it, it's in the material, too, where it's like, oh, the South has, has been, like, so, like, they, they disregard the spirits. And it's like, yeah, because they were, like, separated by, like, a hundred years of war. And then you guys didn't reach out to them. And so, like, it makes sense that they wouldn't have the capabilities of that, you know? Like, we yeah. got to remember also that all the waterbenders except for Katara in the South Pole were captured or killed, right? Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: So, so and like, of course they're going to be, like, disconnected from that, like, part of their culture, <laughs> It was a wiped out.
1: The, the Northern Water Tribe, like, is, like, this opulent place, and then the Southern Water Tribe, like, everyone still kind of lived in huts.
0: Yeah, yeah, know? so you could could even, like, touch on, like, some more, like, class, like, disparity in there, you know? Like, it, the, the potential was totally there.
1: Well, so if that, you make it, him a, that's like, always going to be a little bit of a bummer. If you make him, like, a religious fanatic, too, it's, like, one of those things where he's, like, like, hmm, they're poor, and they're not, they're still poor. Like him like looking at it it's like how do we how do we solve the poor people being poor it's like maybe we provide them with more resources and he's like nah they must be poor for a reason and it's like oh it's cause they're not spiritually you know they're not spiritually pure <laughs> like, <laughs> which is that's a very American attitude yeah you know it's prosperity gospel bullshit but again, it's now if, if you have faith
0: like, and you work hard all your dreams will come true
1: yeah More importantly, if you have faith, that's really, when you get down to, like, what the really, really, uh, more fanatical ones believe, it's that you can't accomplish anything else in your life without faith. Like, you literally can't. Like, you can't be a good person, you can't love anyone, you can't have a successful career without faith. (laughs) Which is a great attitude to have.
0: Yeah. But, uh, chapter 12, Harmonic (laughs) Convergence.
1: Wow, we did a full twenty minutes on that first episode.
0: Yeah, I did not expect to talk about that one for that long, but I, I'm, I'm we, glad. We'll
1: speed through because there's a lot of fighting in uh, the, these first few episodes.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh but you know what the the action is very good in in these two and um, no no actually, the
1: action never really is poor on this show.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: they always uh, kind of deliver.
0: And we this is like when we finally like assemble all the disparate teams of characters. Uh, including Boomy, who might be, like, the hero of this episode, you know? Like, these first two kind of, like, let the goofballs shine. Because Boomy spent, like, the whole season, like, and we were surrounded by 500 troops, and I only had five men at my back. And they will tell, like, some crazy story about how, like, they got out of it. And it's just, like, that can't be real. That's too ridiculous. And then in this episode, that exact thing happens where everyone else gets captured. Boomy yeah. only has his flute to, like, persuade an angry spirit to start dancing and then single-handedly takes out, like, an entire army and saves yeah. everyone. Like- well, I
1: just, I just love that it's so, like, not planned. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or that he has a plan and the plan fails, but, like, he, it works in another way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's just like because like he's playing like he calms the one spirit with his flute and he's like that must be the key he calming the spirits <laughs> through music and then he tries it and they just all try to attack him <laughs> <laughs> and it's only because he ran and like accidentally hijacked a robot suit then like he takes down the camp
0: <laughs> yeah that's amazing
1: <laughs> yeah that's uh it's that's a ton of fun uh, yeah, it's like Boomy's moment to shine when he's not just a goofball. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also uh-huh. have to talk about uh, this episode opens with some good Mako sucks material. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that after he's already kissed Cora and after he's already been like, nah, I'm, I'm with you, Cora." yeah. He's already going like, I gotta wait till the right time <laughs> to tell Korra that we broke up.
0: And it's like, look, there's no right time to do something like that. You just gotta do it like from the get-go. That was the right time.
1: Well, you it's, know? it's also like, an dude. over-inflated sense of self-importance that Mako has where it's like, oh god, if I tell Cora we broke up, she's not gonna be able to focus. Like, I'm, I'll just be in her mind too much. She won't be able to stop harmonic convergence. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, no, she'll be fine. Like... <laughs> Like, if you went, like, look, we had a fight, we broke up, and she's like, oh, that sucks. All right, I'm going to stop harmonic inversions. <laughs> like, it's not like she's going to be in the middle of that and be like, what the hell was Mako thinking, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, to be fair, maybe Cora before her little spiritual journey, maybe she would have been that way, but now she's a lot better.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, her, her her eyes on the ball a lot more. I mean, this is where she really starts to get the understanding that, like, of who she is, like, as a person, and, like, how to better approach being the Avatar through her own, like, sense of self, not just because she's the Avatar. Like, there is still that, that aspect of it, like, these last episodes definitely touch on, as we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but it's, the setup is is much stronger here than it was in the beginning. Oh, and Jinor is still still in a coma. <laughs> Which is important. Well,
1: it's this big shift that kind of happened in a lot of our pop culture, where a lot of these stories became much more about the search for personal identity than anything else. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it wasn't about going out and stopping a big bad and winning the girl and blah blah blah. It was about figuring out who the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very uh, millennial um, attitude. I think it's a very millennial thing. Um, I, I think that's why we've seen that shift more mm-hmm. lately. Uh, and I also think that's why you've seen people doubling down on old narratives about men being men because we (laughs) desperately don't want to investigate who we are as people
0: you know it's a pretty interesting idea Uh, it would be kind of cool if there was a Star Wars trilogy that was about discovering one sense of self
1: it'd be cool if there was three films that did that it would be really bad if there were two films that did that and then one that fucked it all up
0: (laughs) yeah that would suck
1: that would that would be terrible That would just be, you know, the worst.
0: Oh, wait. I don't think we ever talked about it, but um, Oona We never Lock, talked about it...
1: Star Wars on this podcast? <laughs>
0: no. Unaluk, <laughs> in, in one of the prior episodes, um, he had his kids try to break open the spirit portal with him, and then, like, his son almost died.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: he was like, nope, keep going. Like,
1: yeah, not, not a getting, great guy. Uh, he's getting pretty worse as a person. <laughs> and he's openly being like, I'm going to destroy the world, kids. Smell you later, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just telling him what he's gonna do, <laughs> and uh, you know, to be fair, that's a hard. You know, it might be obvious to be like, hey, the guy, we maybe should stop the guy who says he's gonna destroy the world. But if it's your father, that that can be a hard thing to stand up to. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and then from there, the the characters kind of split off. They take um, uh, Kor's father to Qatar to go get healed. Tenzin, Kaya, and Bumi head into the spirit world to find Jinora's spirit and Korra, uh, Bolin, and Mako go face Unaluk and Vatu uh, plans to become a dark avatar.
1: And, uh, ah, yeah. That's, all... when this, that, that's when this phrase is mentioned.
0: Mm-hmm. Which
1: again, uh, but... I, I mean, maybe it's hard to see with people these days being so nakedly evil, but I feel like no matter how deep I was into something, <laughs> if I was like, all right, now I have to become the dark avatar. But <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> Am I the bad guy here?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this show, we we're kind of criticizing some of his politics for being like a little dated. And then other stuff like this where it's like, well, I don't know. Like Ted Cruz is like openly one of the worst human beings ever. Yeah. And. It's like, it should be obvious that he's in the wrong, but it's, he's either not aware of it, or thinks being in the wrong is in the right, to, like, such a degree that there's no getting through to someone like that, you know?
1: Yeah. You never know. I never know. When you look at some people, and it's like, it's like when they started doing, like, psych exams of, like, criminals, and the first psych exams they did on sociopaths, they, like, didn't come back as like human, like the like they didn't match up any sort of brain scans that like humans have.
0: Yeah, and Maybe it's like, like that.
1: I, when I look at someone like Ted Cruz, it's like I don't see him as a human being. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's someone who has to pretend to be a serial killer that was never caught to be likable.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I mean... Jesus
0: Christ, uh, but they don't get to stop Vatu uh, from breaking out of his prison as harmonic convergence begins. And uh, that's the big old cliffhanger for this one. Batu's freed, yes. and and evil is released back into the spirit
1: worlds. So we've been about twenty minutes on the first episode, and then we knocked out the first one in like five.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, it it is
0: kind of just like a big action set piece episode. And yeah, it, it's yeah. fun. It's 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 good stuff. You know, just there's uh, a lot
1: of that in this climax. You know.
0: Yeah, and I think that's. Just to get that out of the way, too, like, I, I think that is kind of my big criticism of these last couple ones is that it's so action oriented, you know, it's almost yeah. like there's too much like ground to cover or there there's not enough ground to cover. So they kind of got to pack it in with like these like epic action set pieces and they're, they're a lot of fun. I, I don't like regret having them here. But, well, um, I mean,
1: this is this is a formula that works a lot better on Avatar The Last Airbender, to be fair. Because like, mm-hmm. they didn't really have these episodes that built like this, you know? Yeah. Like, they had two-parters, they had build-ups, but they didn't have an episode where it was like, you know, the battle takes place across multiple episodes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um,
0: and uh, that's all Chapter 13 Darkness Falls is. Uh, for the Korra side of things, anyways, it is a continuous fight between her, uh, Rava, and Vatu. Yeah,
1: like. she, yeah, she fights uh, Vatu. That's the evil one, right? I keep fucking it. Yeah, Va-
0: Vatu's yeah. the evil one. Rava yeah. is the one that holds the Avatar lineage and mm. shit.
1: She almost gets Vatu, we should say.
0: Yeah, yeah, she gets close.
1: She goes very close, and the only reason she fails is because she foolishly trusted Bolin and Mako <laughs> to take on Unalak, and of course they failed.
0: You know that, yeah, yeah, but that does add kind of like an underdog element to it, because it's like, yeah, Korra can handle this. Those two, um, them being up against, like, one of the all-time great evils in this universe, if not the great evil, that that's a little funny, you know?
1: Here, here's something maybe I've missed, um... This is, a, like, a very steampunk show, right? Uh-huh. Has no one in this universe invented the gun? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. I don't think so.
1: Because, uh, that would have taken care of Unalak. <laughs> <laughs> Could have brought Asami along, you know, giving her, like, a Luger. And, like... <laughs> <laughs> He's all distracted with Bolin and Mako, and then she just fucking shoots him. <laughs>
0: No, Asami doesn't. One in the brain. (laughs) Asami doesn't doesn't get anything for these last episodes. Really, I mean, to be fair, I
1: think I would rather live in a world without guns.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: So, but hey, could have been advantageous in that one moment. Yeah.
0: Um. No, uh, I guess you
1: would. I guess if guns were real, firebenders could just like make him explode. Like, they wouldn't be a useful tool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Huh. And then the metal in them eventually, the yeah, earthbenders I, would be able to kind of dismantle it. I just that. The
1: magic negates the whole use of a gun. Mm hmm. It would be cool if Varric's like, I have a new invention. It's <laughs> just <laughs> like a sniper rifle. <laughs>
0: Or like the fat man from Fallout.
1: A little bit yeah. yeah. <laughs> like
0: Um, no, Asami's just chilling with Jinora's body while uh yeah, that's another, to... a,
1: another complaint is that Asami kinda takes a back seat. She took a back seat in a lot of this season. Yeah. Which it feels like this is you know, there's a lot happening here. <laughs> so maybe that's a valid complaint of uh Nuctuok or whatever the fuck, is the, the animal like that whole subplot. Because, uh, because you know, you'd maybe want more Asami than all that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I mean,
0: uh, her and Bolin, I didn't even talk about it, but they have that nice moment where they're just, like, on the pier and they're just yeah. talking about, like, how, like, crazy stuff's gotten. They're like, hey, we're kind of losing, like, our sense of, like, self and identity <laughs> and all of this, like, world-ending nonsense. Like, that's, like, crazy. <laughs> and I kind of wish the those two had, like a stronger friendship bond through this. Like, they're they're close, but I feel like, like, not even, like, romantic sense, just, like, like a confidant, you know, as yeah. the series would continue.
1: She did get to fly a plane.
0: She did get to fly the plane, yeah.
1: yeah. If that, was, that was a fun moment. She got to fly a fighter plane.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I guess, did that have guns attached to it? Wait a minute.
0: No, no, it didn't. It had oh, Mako okay. and Bolin. They're the opposite of Oh, yeah, of they them. were
1: strapped to it. Yeah. Um, There should have been a moment where she looks over at Mako and just imagines like, you know, if I turn this plane at this right angle, he would just fall. (laughs) (laughs) I have to imagine that's going through her head. Like, she wouldn't do it, because she's a good person, but she would definitely think it.
0: (laughs) Whoops, I flew a little too close to the dark spirit.
1: Oh no, we lost Mako, but hey guys, war is hell. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, but this episode, Darkness Falls, also has a lot of great material for uh, uh, all the fucking siblings' names. I, I forget. it. It's, it's Tenzin, Kaya, and Bumi. There's so many yes. names. Sorry. Uh, with them traversing through the spirit world together and dealing with a lot of their own, like, familial shit. With uh, having to live up to the ideal of Aang, the guy that saved the world, their father. Yeah. Um, oh, and a, a cameo appearance by um, Admiral Zhao.
1: Yeah, that was pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah,
0: like I know it's like it's funny, but it's also like he's he's still there. He's never yeah. gonna leave. No yeah. one's coming for him.
1: That was a, that's a pretty fucked up. Scene. Did they get what's his name to voice him again? I didn't bother to look into it.
0: Uh, I think they did. I'll, I'll check really quick. Yeah. Oh yes, yes they 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 brought him back.
1: Hey, for, right
0: on. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you. That's great. Everyone.
1: Thanks for stopping by. <laughs>
0: yeah, for for two lines of dialogue.
1: <laughs> he actually kind of gets like a big moment, like it's, you know, he's like I'm shot the conqueror and all that, but then he like confronts Tenzin <laughs> like Yeah, and he's it's like it's a Yo, dramatic <laughs> moment. Like
0: No, I mean that's kind of like launching the the conflict that Tenzin has to like overcome at the end right here Where it's like, okay, We've had Bolin kind of go through his identity crisis. Mako doesn't get one because he's Mako. Uh, Asami is self-assured in who she is. Tenzin's next up on the list before Korra. And uh, he has to finally, like, unburden himself from, like, the shadow of his father. And so they, yeah. they start losing uh, uh, Kaya and Bumi in, in the, the mist. And we get, like, a deep insight into, like, what's psychologically up with those two siblings, too.
1: Well, Umi Kai... is afraid of cannibals.
0: Yeah, well, okay. And... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, no, he he does, like, in a sense, it's kind of like a PTSD thing, right?
1: Yeah, and then... definitely, but it's still, like, all right, all Okay, right. no, it, it's it's, it's so... more
0: goofy. It's more goofy. But, no, but, but, but she
1: gets the big moment where she's like, I'm not going to be tied down by you. Like... Yeah. It's like, oh, she wanted to be more of a free spirit. Mm-hmm. And... It was difficult because she had to live up to the expectations of being the daughter of the Avatar, which she'll never escape from.
0: Yeah, and then it's just another moment for Tenzin to be like, I I failed again. Like, I can't keep anything together. And so, you know, whether or not that is or isn't Aang in the spirit world, it is something he has to confront that he's not Aang. You know, he's like, I'll never be as good as you. And he's like, no, you won't. And he's like, whoa, (laughs) wait a second. And then the sentence continues. And you're like, oh, thank God. Because he's not Aang, he's Tenzin. And Tenzin has still accomplished great things in his life. You know, he's the one who, knowingly or otherwise, got Jinora to, like, be so openly connected with the spirit world. He's launching the new, like, generation of airbenders. And he Mm -hmm. still helped Korra in ways that neither of them really realized at this point. And, um, it's a really beautiful moment, you know?
1: Yeah. it's
0: Very sweet. And then he, uh he saves his daughter and his siblings and everyone gets to gets a nice little moment there in the spirit all world.
1: these people must have had like rough 20s and 30s oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i think their childhoods probably were fairly happy but then like there's those th- there's that moment where you start getting very reflect reflective you know mhm and like cuz when you're a teenager and younger you just kind of rebel but you don't even really understand what you're rebelling against <laughs> And then you start getting more reflective, and that's when, like, it starts hitting you, all the fucking childhood shit that maybe you didn't get. Tenzin fr- seems like, oddly, the least reflective. hmm But uh, probably because his life was just so written out in front of him. Um, but, yeah. Uh, great time. And, again, I think people conflate that too much with being like, oh, Avatar Aang was a bad father. But it's more just like, you know, it's, people are complicated.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that I I really hate that criticism. It's like, no, dude, it was just hard. You know, that's that's yeah. a lot to deal with. He could have been the best father given the circumstances. It's just, it's difficult. Yeah, like even the
1: best parents still fuck their kids up. You know, you just can't, yeah. you can't get around that.
0: Yeah, and that's like if happens. if you're someone out there, like, no, 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 my relationship with my parents is perfect. I give it a couple years. years. Um, like,
1: like <laughs> I can mean, not even mean just that. Say that. I'll just say like, you, at some point you have to look at your parents and just go like, all right, there were mistakes were made. Like,
0: Yeah. And like, that's part of being human and like to mean, get very real, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. That doesn't mean you don't love them and that they don't love you, you know, which is what a real bad parent is. Like <laughs> a real bad parent doesn't love their kids. Sometimes it's just like, you know, good intentions fuck shit up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you don't, if you can't come to terms with that, then you probably shouldn't be a parent yourself. Yeah. If you're the, if you're that one, any other being like, I'm going to be the one I'm going to do it better than my parents did. I'm going to get everything right. Uh, don't become a parent yet. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> give it, give that a couple more years too. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm, I'm not saying don't ever become a parent, but just like, give it a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of the, the reason that this was so like, controversially received at the time, too, is that our generation that grew up with The Last Airbender didn't really know how to acknowledge a series that wasn't about, like, achieving perfection. It's about, like, understanding the self and understanding that, that like, missteps are just as important as successes, you know? Like, failure can be just as important as victory, I guess. Although victory is, like, a weird... Word to use in, in life, I guess, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's shit's complicated.
1: That's our point. We're just trying to make here is that shit is complicated. Yeah,
0: that could have been the whole thing. Shit's complicated.
1: That's just, that's my philosophy boiled down to a T. It's just, shit <laughs> is complicated. Uh, but we got to end this episode with uh, Janora
0: realizing that she has a higher calling for the moment, so she has to leave Tenzin. And uh, Tenzin, in his new sense of self, accepts that, you know, it's still, like, sad, like, oh, shit, like, what's gonna happen with Jenora? and they gotta go help Korra, and then Korra is, is just getting, like, wrecked at the end of this, uh, but Bolin and Mako get to, to convince, uh, Eska and Desna to help them and free them, save, uh, save the world from their father, and Bolin professes his love to, to Eska, or is it Desna, I forget, I forget, this. might as this well this. be.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's either
0: of them. It's either of them, and then Mago's like, "Oh yeah, that was great. I totally believed you." And, Mago, and Bolin's yeah. like crying, like that's perfect for that character.
1: Yeah, you know, it. I forgot that happened actually, and I'm actually very glad it did. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> like again, it's like a weird setup for that character in the beginning of the season. It's like weird well, you now, and, and like kind of touching.
1: Bolin thinks he wants Ginger, his co-star. And he does get her at the end of the fucking premiere, but it's it's after only, you know, he's famous and successful. And she doesn't actually love him for who he is. Meanwhile, the creepy twin does.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a... This season is, is crazy underrated, but we'll, we'll get more into that in a second because... Uh, this, is, this... this is a
1: show about Bolin coming to terms with the fact that he wants to marry a woman that could destroy him. <laughs> 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 That's exactly what he's looking for.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and this episode ends with, like, the biggest development of the series so far, where uh, the Dark Avatar, Vatu, and Unalak end up ripping Rava out of Korra, and uh cutting off her her connection
1: that was some fucking like like carpenter imagery like just that was really fucked up up. monster looking shit like (laughs) like just the the spirits like fusing and unfusing and like extending that was some that was fucked up yeah uh, they got away with that on a children's cartoon
0: (laughs) yeah yeah It's, it's a very bizarre imagery there um and uh, it, it's a, like, a harsh scene to watch as, like, oh, yeah. forgot losing the connection to her past lives.
1: I remember it being pretty brutal. I forgot that they literally just go through, like, each individual avatar and you watch their spirit die.
0: Yeah. uh, that, That's that's pretty insane. Um, and, and to be fair, they're, like, out there, I guess, somewhere. Like, I guess this is the official answer. I think they're, like, gone forever. But, like, I guess the official well, answer mean... is that they're, like, out there but Korra has no connection to them anymore. You know? It
1: depends on how you view the spiritualness of the whole, you know, Avatar world. You know, where it's like I would, I would argue, you know, everyone. Oh, I think I lost Avatar, you for like, a second. Every, like this, you know, everyone's kind of out there in a way, but that doesn't mean like you can sit down and have tea with them, like Uncle Iroh. <laughs> like, you know, you become part of the world around you, right? So, like pantheistic a little bit in the Avatar universe, like you know. There is, like, life after death, but that doesn't necessarily mean, like, a heaven death, you know? Like, we, you know, in, especially in America, we kind of have, like, this vision of, like, oh, when everyone dies, we go up and we all kind of hang out, you mm-hmm. know, like, in the afterlife. And then we watch down on all our loved ones, blah, blah, blah. And it's more just, like, no, you know, like, it's, it's more like a Cloud Atlas version of it, <laughs> where it's, like, your actions ripple across time and there's connections to people you have no idea will ever exist, Mm-hmm. They don't know you exist, but you're still you're you know you're technically there. <laughs> it's a very optimistic view of life in the universe.
0: Yeah, yeah, but um, no. Cora loses her connection to the avatars, and uh and thus what she feels is like the connection to like her deeper self. You know, like.
1: But if they're really all right, so like I guess someone somewhere decided like everyone was too upset by that scene. <laughs> And was like, we have to point out, put out some statement that the connection is still out there. Is that true? Uh,
0: It it was just my understanding of it from like, I remember that going around, like after that season ended that like she, she just can't connect to any avatar stuff ever again.
1: Okay. I was, I just couldn't remember if it was a point someone made or. No, like,
0: I don't, I don't know if the creators ever said like verbatim that, you know, but okay. Yeah.
1: Because, like, I, I, like it felt, that felt like maybe something like the creators were like, oh, we, you know, everyone's a little too upset. We got to calm them down a little bit. <laughs> um, but it's also like, if they are really out there, like, like actually out there for real, what the fuck are they up to? <laughs> like, yeah. Got to try to play fucking... They're
0: uh, just like the uh, fish at the end of Finding Nemo.
1: <laughs> a little bit, yeah.
0: <laughs> Ang's like, now what? Now what? You guys want to see a cool trick? No! <laughs> like... <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh, it's the same fucking trick. Yeah. Hey, did I ever tell you about the time I beat the Fire Lord? Only about a thousand fucking times.
0: <laughs> you yeah, know, she's like, and I told you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let me tell um, you about my first kill. <laughs> like, oh, no. no, we're good. We're good. And she's like, you have no, like, hey, you have no idea what that power feels like. And she's like You're right, I don't. We're, we're, I am you, and I don't know, and I don't want to know. <laughs> 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 to see the life drain from his eyes. I've turned Kiyoshi into, like, this psycho murderer. I, well,
0: I think that's, like, something with the fandom, where it's, like, everyone's just, like, oh, yeah, she's a bloodthirsty monster, but she's awesome. What? And then, like, the it's, actual uh, writing of the character's, like, no, she's pretty humble. She just, like, did what she had to at one point, you know?
1: She's she's pretty humble, but she's kind of got, like, that thing where, like, she's so powerful. She Like, if she, like, puts her full strength into anything, she will kill everyone in the room. Like, she has to, like... She, like, all her, like, clothing is, like, just... It's, like, weights she has to put on herself so <laughs> she won't just accidentally kill someone. <laughs> it's just, I just can't get over... I'll bring this up as often as I can, that in Sozin's comment, like, Ang was just going to all the avatars and, like, look, you know, you gotta make tough choices sometimes. And he goes to Goshi, and she's like, look, I, I'm glad I killed that guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, kill them, so what? Like,
0: <laughs> I would have done it again.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'd do it over and over again. It actually felt great. She didn't say that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know I didn't say that. It would it, still that's it's amazing.
0: But if this entire season's like almost like this meta commentary on the Avatar universe itself, then this like had to happen. That Korra had to to completely lose touch with the Avatar lineage. Mm-hmm. Because one, she was already not very good at like communicating with them, right? She only spoke to Aang like once, yeah. which at that point is like bizarre for an avatar, I guess, right? And now she's she only has herself, she has to sit with herself, right? It's like the ultimate dark night of the soul.
1: Maybe you know what? Maybe she she wasn't having trouble talking to the spirits, they just weren't talking to her.
0: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's Maybe that's they entirely were trying- possible.
1: They were trying to be like, look, we you you gotta figure this one out yourself and then like she wasn't doing that. So then <laughs> like like when they got fucking they lost the connection, they were like, Oh thank God that happened like <laughs> <laughs> they might be really happy. No. And
0: like to talk about like the afterlife and stuff like that, you know, like they've been doing that for ten thousand years, right? Maybe
1: mm-hmm.
0: maybe they they can finally like rest or whatever, right? Maybe they don't have to be tied to like the natural world any longer?
1: Did you ever see uh, the Twilight Zone episode of Game of Pool?
0: I don't think so.
1: Um, I think it's Jonathan Winters of all people. Let me look it up real quick cause I don't <laughs> want to get that wrong. Uh, there's like this this uh, pool player who's like he's, he's becoming the best in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, "Oh, uh, you're no, you're no Fats Minnesota Fats." I think Minnesota Fats is from the other movie. Um, Let me—I gotta look this up. Sorry, it's oh, it's Jack Klugman and Jonathan Winters. I swear to God, I'm gonna make a point. Okay, (laughs) okay. Give me a second. (laughs)
0: Look, we're under an hour right now, so this is pretty good.
1: Um, Yeah. All right. Jonathan Winters is Fats Brown. So Jack Klugman's like this up and coming pool player. He's he's becoming the best. He's beating everyone. But everyone's like, "You're no Fats Brown," and he's like, "What are people talking about? I'm ten times the pool player Fats Brown ever was." Like, blah, blah. So then, but Fats Brown's dead, so like, he can never play him to show him. So that, but then the ghost of Fats Brown shows up, and it's like, "I'll play in a game of pool. If you beat me, you become the greatest ever. But if you lose, you die." Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's this great episode. It's it's a ton of fun. It's just two it, you know, it's just two guys going back and forth. It's 20 minutes, and at the end. Jack Klugman wins. And he's like, I am the best. Now everyone's going to know I'm the best, blah, blah, blah. But then the twist is that once Jack Klugman dies, he has to take Fats Brown's spot in heaven as the greatest player ever, which means that he has to defend that title until someone beats him. So he's stuck in heaven playing pool forever (laughs) until someone beats him. And Jonathan, and it's like, and they make a point that, Jonathan Winters is on vacation now. Like his spirit went on vacation because he doesn't have to play fucking pool anymore. Oh, yeah, maybe maybe something like that. Avatar State is like, yeah, (laughs) I mean, episode of the Twilight Zone.
0: I mean, I don't know. There, there's no like definitive answer to that, and I like that there's no definitive answer. I'm
1: sorry, I just spoiled that episode of the Twilight Zone. No,
0: I mean, it sounds like it's worth watching, anyways.
1: it, It wasn't the episode where it turns out they were dead the whole time oh wait i just spoiled half the twilight zone
0: <laughs> yeah why would you spoil to serve man like that
1: yeah hey
0: that's definitely yeah, how t- that lands
1: that, that was the twist of to serve man they were dead the whole time <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, chapter 14 light in the, the dark the dark avatar begins wreaking havoc on the world oh Tendon... i forgot to
1: make my joke
0: okay what's your joke
1: I was going to interrupt you when you were like, and this episode's Darkness Falls, and then I was going to describe the plot of that shitty horror film. Darkness Falls. uh, Yeah, about the tooth fairy that kills people.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's a stupid movie, right? I've never seen it, but even when I was younger, I saw the trailer and I was like,
1: that's probably
0: stupid.
1: It's one of those classic movies that's like 75 minutes long with like 10 minutes of credits. Okay, yeah. So that's a stupid movie. Okay. It was, uh, it's... It had a decent setup, and it's just bad. It's
0: like, yeah. I mean, like, you know, like, the, the, the generic, like, horror thing now is to take, like, something familiar and safe and make it, like, horrifying. And so, like, if yeah. you could do that with a Tooth Fairy, that'd be kind of impressive, you know?
1: Just call it Tooth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, like, a A24 title right there.
1: Yeah, Tooth. Tooth. That's Blumhouse. Oh, really? yeah. There you go. Blumhouse does the Tooth Fairy. Although Blumhouse might just straight up call it the Tooth Fairy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then it's like 50/50 on whether or not it's like good, but if it's good, yeah. hey, you know.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm glad Blumhouse is making crap.
0: No, I love like, Blumhouse cuz they like they do everything now. <laughs> you know. That's yeah, cool. I'm
1: not, I'm not always happy with someone doing everything, but I I like that they are like, "Eh, we'll put out this movie. We're not even sure if it's going to be good." Like <laughs> Yeah. I'm glad that someone somewhere is not trying to make movies based on an algorithm.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's Light in the dark. Cool. Light, light in the dark. Um, Tenzin and his siblings save Korra and, and Mokwin Bolin. They put him in the healing waters in the spirit world, which I guess were a thing the whole time, but we just didn't really talk about that, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, just it's, it's happening. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. And then uh, Korra wakes up and is just like, you know, she's just, everything she's ever known is like destroyed now. Like she has no semblance of like who she can even be without the avatar. She and... handled
1: it a little better than last time, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, she but lost her bending. Now mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she she's getting there, uh, but it's still like, how do you even like come back from that? And Tenzin, with his like newly discovered wisdom of the self, goes to show her that like. You know, if you connect with your, like, inner spirit, like, you know, you might be able to, like, unlock a, a power, like, that's even greater than that. And she's like, no, I lost the Avatar spirit. And he's like, no, 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 your inner spirit. like Your
1: inner spirit. Yeah, inner not the Avatar. Spirit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a little bit of that. And it's like, it's understandable. They've had a rough time this week.
1: I, I get it. But I also, it's just, like, it's just hysterical where it's, like, tense. It's like, no, I realize, Korra, that I've been fucking... Being a dick to you, but it turns out we're exactly the same. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, and they really kind of—it's it, the most like respectful sense of understanding between the two characters, like in the series up to <laughs> I'm this sorry, point.
1: Sorry, 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 sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry Mm-hmm. <laughs> my I just got a text message from my sister, and it made me laugh. I'm sorry. That's right. <laughs> she sent me this a picture of a plane, and it said. Uh... <laughs> It, it had the slogan, longer, larger, farther on the side, mm-hmm. but they opened the door <laughs> on the plane, so it only says, longer, larger, far. <laughs> stupid. I know, it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, god damn it. All right. I, sorry, you were making a point, and I just started. I couldn't. Not no, it's that. it's fine.
0: I, I I I was just saying that I, it's the most respect and understanding the two characters have had for one another uh, up to this point in the series. Like, yes, they both it's, kind of yes. gone through the ringer separately, and now they can come together and be like, look. It's
1: the one time Tenzin has been like, Korra, you gotta figure this out. It's like the one time he hasn't reacted that way. Yeah,
0: he it's he like, has. No,
1: Cora, you, you know, climb into this tree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well because you know like um he goes to mention that the tree of time before it was Batu's prison it was also just it was just called the tree of time and uh it, it connects to everything in the material world
1: and they and, and they go up to the tree of time and they they look inside and there's David Lynch doing a transcendental meditation seminar <laughs> That's why you wrote that down, okay. Yes, exactly. All right.
0: I mean, yeah, that's kind of what happened. And then she, Cora achieves enlightenment and becomes a giant woman.
1: I think more people would achieve enlightenment if, like, that could happen.
0: I think so, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like you, uh, who's
0: to say David Lynch doesn't turn into a giant man? Yeah,
1: we just, just don't see so- it. Smoking giant cigarettes. yeah. <laughs> turns out he's responsible for the hole in the ozone because of so many cigarettes he's been smoking (laughs) (laughs) i will say one thing that i found hysterical about this um it's like one thing where it's like yeah it's a kid's cartoon show it's a it's a show with heroes and whatnot so it's like all right like this inner battle has to happen physically in some way right (laughs) yeah like that's just how it has to happen like i'm not complaining about that but I found it hysterical that what's-his-name becomes the Dark Avatar, and he basically becomes a god, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, alright, I'm going to Republic City, I'm knocking down this statue. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just to be a dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did he really need to go all the way to Republic City?
0: <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah, it doesn't really make sense why he'd start there if his whole thing was starting in the South Pole, honestly. Yeah. Uh I guess it's just because that's where we have most of like that's where we spent most of the series up to this point, you know, in Republic yeah. City. So maybe that's well, why is he's yeah.
1: He's just doing it to be a dick. Like Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I mean it does kind of become like the central hub for like the world, right? So I don't know. Could probably work something into that. Um but yeah, he he becomes a giant Vatu Unavatu or whatever it's called. And um all the spirit vines start like exploding and taking over the city, and it's like, oh, nature's taking the planet back. Uh, and Varric and Julie are able to escape when their prison gets crashed into by a bunch of spirit vines, which is a, a funny scene.
1: It's, inter- it's interesting that Julie is just going along with everything Varric does.
0: Yeah. They're, they're buddies.
1: Yeah. Also, buddies. she might be
0: a slave up to this point, but who knows?
1: I don't know, she... She goes along with it too long, you know? Like, uh-huh. I feel like if she didn't want to be there, she'd have she's had a few opportunities to get out of it.
0: Yeah, like, she could have left him it's, there, right? He doesn't know how to yeah. fly that thing.
1: Right? Yeah,
0: there, there's a deeper connection there,
1: probably. Well, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, she it, when he got caught trying to capture the president, she totally could have turned on him.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on some level, she just must want to be around him. Yeah,
0: yeah. People are strange. People are strange.
1: They certainly are. Mm -hmm. Only wants one of the weird twins that will kill him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I get it. It's Aubrey Plaza. I get it. So. Yeah. Who who wouldn't? So so giant Korra goes to Republic City as well. It's like teleports there.
0: Through the sky, which I just want to say is awesome.
1: (laughs) It's basically War of the Gargantuas at the end of this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's just them. I mean, which I'm that's not that is not at all a complaint. That's mm-hmm. you I'm comparing it to one of the best kaiju films ever. So it's fantastic, is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, also recommendation. Go watch that. That's that's a great movie. Yeah, go
1: watch it. It's on HBO Max, I believe.
0: Oh really? Oh I should re
1: watch yeah. it. Um the, yeah, H- no, it's HBO HBO a big old... A, they have a lot of the giant um, Kaiju films for some reason. Well they got it. And yeah. Criterion Criterion has the whole like Godzilla run, but HBO Max for whatever reason has like a bunch of the lesser ones. Mm. So they have like Rodan, which Rodan rules. If you haven't seen Rodan, yeah, I mean, go watch some giant monster movies. Also watch this episode because there's ki- there's basically a giant monster fight.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a big old epic throwdown between good versus evil and plants. And the I love the just the look of the fight too with like the new like spiritual sky and like the vines overtaking like the city lights and then the purples and the blues. And it's just a very like visually invigorating finale, you know, lots of like new color dynamics on display. Cause the world is changing around them now, you know?
1: Yeah. And giant core is just beat mass and is just fucking them up. But then she tries to reconnect with, uh, Rava and, the evil giant Vatu man says, you're looking for something that is gone. And says he, she's still trying to find that out a little bit, you know? Yeah. She's still trying like to be like, <laughs> gotta find that. All right. This is where I honestly get a little confused as to what the fuck
0: happened. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there's some criticisms to be had here and I'll let you go first. Cause I have it too.
1: Um, well, all I'll just say is that, uh, they they fight so Cora like tries to find Rava. Rava's not um, there. Can't cannot retrieve. Even though, like they make a point. There, there's a lot of talk. Like Rava can't exist without Vatu, and Vatu can't exist without Rava. So like, there's always a part of them right that's still mm-hmm. around. But it wasn't there. It wasn't fused with Vatu uh, like she expected. Um. So then Vatu starts to take over giant Cora right. Mm-hmm. and is either going to, like, absorb her or, like, destroy her or something like that. And then Janora shows up. <laughs> and she comes, she literally descends from the heavens, and it's her spirit. It's not her physical self, right?
0: Right. Her, her got, body's still in the South Pole.
1: Yeah, and she's got something in her hand. What did she have?
0: I, I think it... No, it wasn't... It wasn't Rava, but it was, uh... I don't know, it was, like, her inner light
1: or something like that. Mm. Um, So did she give her inner light to Korra? Is that what happened?
0: Yeah. And so she guides her... She becomes her spirit guide back to Rava. Here's what I thought was going to happen the first time I saw this. I thought Jinora was going to become, like, the new embodiment for, like... Not for Rava, but, like, for the avatars, like... Going to become their like spirit guide. You know what I mean? Where she would leave the material world and become kinda like
1: kinda like the moon spirit?
0: Kinda, yeah. But within That wouldn't Korra. have
1: been fair to Janora. <laughs> no, it
0: wouldn't have. I, I thought it would have been like crazy sad, and it's not what I wanted to happen or anything like that. It's just I thought that's where they were going with that. But instead, she guides Korra to finding like Rava within Vatu. Because they are intrinsically connected, and... Yeah, yeah. She, Rava's in there somewhere, but it's not gonna be, like, allowing the same connection that she had previously, because that is forever gone, you know? Mm -hmm. And only when Korra, uh, this is, this becomes a little messy, but this is my read on it. Only when Korra starts searching for Rava's light within herself can she pull it out of Vatu. Yeah. You know?
1: Okay. Okay.
0: But it is, it is messy, and uh, I, I think it could have been handled a little where, better.
1: Like, I, f- I feel like what you just described could have happened without Jenora showing up. mm Hmm. Which is where I think I run into some problems. Okay. Like I feel like Cora could have made that realization on her own. mm Hmm. But again, I'm not sure. I I just got it, it's a little little confusing as to what's happening there. No, I maybe should definitely to the is. episode comment. I maybe should have listened to the episode commentary and, like, maybe would have explained it.
0: Yeah, you know, I got to do that, too. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that because that uh, – yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little weird. This one gets a little uh, too, like, spiritual magic mumbo-jumbo.
1: It works when it's totally on the, like, character level, right? Of, like, core mm-hmm. literally has to, like, search her – like, go to find her inner feelings, understand herself, come to terms with herself, right? Yeah. She has to look for the light within herself. Like, yeah, that it works in that way. Now, what actually fucking happened <laughs> is a little less clear. Yeah.
0: Uh, But when it does start working again is after she's reconnecting with uh, or she's pulled out Rava and she defeats Unavatu is when she doesn't throw punch. She doesn't beat him into submission. She finally peacefully... Like releases them from their like material confinement. And uh, that does mean uh, Unaluk is dead. She does kill yeah. her uncle there. Um, hey,
1: but he, he, yeah, f- fuck that guy. No, so. no, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, Korra is not Aang, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, as the yeah, series guy has guy made already, clear many that, times.
1: That guy was dead like the moment he fused with Vatu. <laughs> oh, no,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm not criticizing the show or the character for that decision. Uh, and then we never really get, like, a, a determined, like, resolution with Vatu, but I think it kind of works in, like, the thematic sense. Like, yeah, Vatu is, like, evil is not going anywhere just because she defeated, like, an embodiment of it, you know? Like, it's it's more complicated than that, as we've seen.
1: And Korra saved the world.
0: Yeah, Korra saved the world. Jinora returns to her body. Everyone's very happy. Um... Oh, and we, uh, the rest of the, the Team Avatar crew was, like, defending her body from uh, the, the dark spirits in the spirit world, yeah, and that's kind of fun. spirits. Yeah, yeah. And then Korra returns, and she gets to reconnect with, with Rava, and the, the spirit world is all colorful and exciting again. Really great, like, watercolor-style, like, skies and stuff like that. And I really love the imagery in this episode a lot. Like, it's very... uh. It, it looks fantastic on the Blu-ray. I don't know about Netflix. Netflix has, like, the DVD transfers or some shit, but whatever. Do they? Yeah. Like, for the... I you have... can really tell with the last Airbender one. It's, like, not... Like, streaming itself isn't always going to be, like, great, but it is not, like, 1080p. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah it's whatever. Fucking bullshit. No. Oh, and then Bolin and uh, uh, Eska end up breaking up because she was like, oh, well, you know, I uh, I kind of got caught up in the fate of the world. I don't really want to spend the rest of my life with you. But uh, I'll always have a special place for you in my heart. Like turtle ducks, I think she calls them. the mm-hmm. cute Four little golden. pet name. Yeah. But I mean, you know, they, they got a... They're, they're still fucking like children, you know? I mean, they're teenagers, <laughs> but like, you know, they got their whole lives ahead of them and stuff like that. Yeah. Just because like... Katara and Aang spent the rest of their lives together doesn't mean that's going to happen with every single pairing you see on this show. And I think that's also like just a, another solid message that the season starts driving home, you know, I guess we can kind of just hop to the end then, right? That's like really it. Yeah. I,
1: I don't, I don't think, you know, it's all pretty like we would just be stating obvious things at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Mako and Korra, they, they kind of end their relationship in this episode, too. And it yeah, doesn't come which, back.
1: Mako did, like, the one good thing he did, which is after failing for, like, weeks. He, he, he goes up to Korra, because Korra got her memories back, which he doesn't know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So Korra gives him, like, a chance to, to fess up. And he does. And she doesn't, like, lead him on or anything. He's like, look, we had a fight. We broke up. It's over. And she's like, I know, and like he totally could have pulled a Mako sucks moment, and like let her be the one to say it. Mm-hmm. So Mako stood up for himself in a way.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's a sign of growth. This season's all about like the heart like hardships of growing, I guess you yeah. know, growing and changing. And the next book is called Change. But before we get to that, Cora also decides not to to close the spirit world portals again where the spirits and
1: the big uh, decision at that moment
0: yeah where Uh she's like what if Juan was wrong (laughs) you know and it's like she's not just learning to be introspective like with herself but like also kind of look at the world around her and be like well what what can we do to make this better like what what is the right decision in the long run you know because like you know maybe Juan was right for his time and then that turned out to be the wrong decision for the long run you know and that's never changed
1: only could have made had she lost connection to the past avatars. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't make that decision. Um, if you're like, hey, Juan, what should I do? And he's like, I fucking did that shit for a reason. And you're like, alright. <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah,
0: and then we end the season with Korra um, installing her uh, uh, father back as the leader of the, S- the Southern Water Tribe, and the-, the two tribes living separately, but also like being united as a single tribe, you know, like they're going to, they're going to share shit. They're going to like grow together and not be like at odds with each other anymore. And we, we kind of don't really see that anymore for the rest of the series, but whatever. It's yeah, nice they, That's,
1: that's one of those moments where like, you have to go like, yeah, it's a kid show. Like you kind of just have to be like, all right, we're just going to assume all of the, the difficultness of that took place off camera. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you kind of just have to assume that
0: and then Cora declares that the world has entered a new age as the spirits start like flying around the sky and we see that little that little bunny spirit that was hanging out with Boomy. We didn't talk about that, but that little bunny spirit was was chilling. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. So Matt, what would you think of this season?
1: It's good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I I, I would I, you know, we we've definitely dunked on this season a little more. Um, I would say in my in my rewatch, this is probably the weakest season of the show, um, so far. But it also pushes the show in a lot of interesting directions.
0: Yeah, I, I'd say the first half definitely the weakest, and the second half it just starts like skyrocketing. Um, yeah, 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 and even, even these last couple episodes where they're just very action heavy until like the end, like where it ends up taking the series and like the characters, like it's just so fascinating that the show is willing to go there. So like, it's, it's hard. I don't know. It's, it's about on par with the first season for me, honestly, just because of that, you know,
1: I think I just went in with such low expectations for the first season that like when it wasn't that, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I, I felt a lot better. Whereas, uh, this one, I kind of remembered the season being a little better and then it wasn't so it's probably no. that's that's what happened all right uh, but hey you know i think uh it's hard not to walk away from this and not be excited about what happens next which i think is the most important thing
0: oh yeah yeah definitely because that next season like i i won't say what i feel about it but next season is widely regarded i think as like one of the best seasons of either show and uh, we'll, we'll talk about whether or not that is the case next time. or, or Well, I guess the next three times. So we're going to break these up into like segments of four, four, and five episodes. So the next season will be three separate recordings. Uh, we'll be talking about A Breath of Fresh Air, Rebirth, The Earth Queen, In Harm's Way. And uh, that'll round out the first couple episodes of book three. Change for Legend of Korra. I'm excited. There's a there's a lot of fun supporting characters, and there's a great round of guest stars that also start popping up in the series. I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back for anybody watching this for the first time, but uh, I like the villains a lot and a specific yeah, they, casting they, choice they make there. They
1: got a lot of interesting people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Man, where did they get this? Again, it's that weird thing of, like, we're about to cross into the area where Nickelodeon completely loses faith in it, right? Like, Yeah. Season three is, like, the season where Nickelodeon is like, all right, we're going to put hat, like, we're, we're not going to promote it as much, and then we're just going to dump, like, season four online. Like, this is, like, we're, we're crossing into that. Yet they still got, like, in a position where they could, like, get these, like, well-known stars to be on the show like it's such it's so strange like the production of this show is just so strange
0: yeah i i don't know that's why i i I really did wish that netflix had like that whole netflix thing had worked out because like i wanted to see them like if they wanted to return to this well the creators to do another series and like have that proper freedom and promotion behind it right because like I don't know. It's it's all disappointing.
1: That whole fallout is still so strange. Like I don't even understand what happened there. Still, you know. Yeah. Like people have tried to explain. <laughs> like there's been rumors and stuff, and it still doesn't make any sense to me. Like how how did they fuck that up?
0: I don't know. It's all it's all bullshit. But this season wasn't bullshit. It was just a little messy. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it anyways. But Matt, where can the people find you?
1: I'm at EmperorOTN1 at Twitter.com and EmperorOTN on Twitch.
0: You can find me at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional.